0: Welcome to the Simple Origins podcast, a place where simplicity, minimalism, sustainability, and gratitude meet to inspire Australians to live more with less. Hi, I'm Chelsea Jared, and today I'm incredibly excited to have interviewed Graham Hill for the show. Graham is a Canadian environmentalist, founder of treehugger.com, and most recently Life Edited, where he has convinced New Yorkers along with the rest of the world, to live more with less. Now, please bear with me. The interview was recorded over many thousands of miles. Graham was in Maui at the time and I was in Melbourne. So the sound quality isn't up to our usual standard, but I hope you'll find that the conversation definitely is. So, Graham, I'm just going to um, read out your life-edited tagline because I absolutely love it. Yeah. Design your life to include more money, health and happiness with less stuff, space and energy. So I, mm-hmm. I think that, that really sets a good platform for our chat today. So um, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Can you Thanks talk a little bit more about your um, journey that brought you to Life Edited?
1: Um, sure, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I grew up uh, in the country in Quebec with hippie parents and um, and, and just a real, um, understanding of energy and keep the lights out and, and that sort of stuff uh, and uh, later on I don't know I just got interested in even in, in, in more in university and was a vegetarian for five years or so then and um, then had some business success which sort of gave me the opportunity to really focus on whatever I felt like and uh, I ended up really really getting into environmentalism and like I joined an environmental group in New York and I ended up uh, working on a a project, a plant-based air filter for a while and looked at green roofs and just sort of getting into the area and then basically felt uh, that that there was media, environmental media was really lacking. I saw a real opportunity there to make something a lot more design forward, uh, something that was a lot more accessible to the mainstream instead of it being sort of solely hippie focused um and something like cool and exciting and and design forward and inspired by hope instead of inspired by fear and about doing things and pro business and all that and so that's how tree hugger came to be um and that that did great and we were very quickly one of the biggest not one of the biggest we were the biggest green site on the web for a number of years there and then um so to discovery and it continues to do some great work even though even what 14 years after I started it um, and so that's really what uh, primed me to do Life Edited and so Life Edited started when I went to do my own apartment in New York City and thought it would be um, that I wanted to do something really green and really really cool and, and Treehugger had been talking for years about how the first thing you want to do when you're thinking about green architecture is really to reduce your size because every cubic foot that you add to a building is a cubic foot that sort of conceptually has to you have to build the, the you know the roof and the floor and the walls and all that. Then you also have to fill up full stuff and then you have to heat it and cool it and light it and ensure it and maintain it and think about it and you know there's just a lot that comes with every cubic foot and so if you can reduce those cubic feet then it's going to require a lot less energy in the materials and energy in the, the maintenance and use of it and, and a lot and just makes uh, it simpler and so well, i remember on
0: your chat you talked about um there was about 200 grand savings is that right from your apartment to a regular new york apartment
1: did I say that? Um, <laughs> uh, the, I think the, where the real value is to sm, you know, smartly done small living, particularly transforming living, is that smaller spaces can give you the functionality of much larger spaces. And so, yeah, I probably was talking about there that, you know, like, so let's say the first apartment's 420 square feet. And, you know, I'm sure it had the functionality of a place twice as big as that. And so, yeah, it ends up might cost you a little bit more per square foot comparatively, but you save if you, you get all, everything that you want um, for, for less money. So there could be some big savings. And I even went smaller from the next one, which is currently on the market is LE2. It's 350 square feet and uh, I can still have uh, eight or 10 people over for dinner and I can still have guests and I can still have a home office and still have a great kitchen. and um, Yeah, so if you're really smart about how you apply design tech and technology, um, you can create these sort of smaller, smarter lives that are going to have smaller footprints, are going to save you some money, and um, I think that smaller lives are happier lives.
0: It definitely. So, to give context for um, an Australian audience in, in metric terms, I was looking up the square feet equivalent. So, um, the first mm. apartment was the equivalent of about forty square meters, and this next one, I think, it was is around thirty five yeah. square meters. So, how do you can you talk us through the technology side of it of how you fit all of that functionality in that size?
1: Mm. Well, we apply all sorts of different approaches, and some of them we didn't apply, you know, in, in this these projects, but but some of the ones we certainly did apply is um, transforming furniture is a big one and we, we have worked with resource furniture for many years and um, so there's some incredible murphy beds um, often that fold over a couch or over a coffee table um, or, or a dining table or a craft table kind of thing so that, that gets you two functions in one space so that's a big one they also have these amazing transforming coffee tables that probably triple in height and double in length and so you can use them uh, as a coffee table but then you can adjust them higher to to work at um uh, higher than higher uh to sit at for dinner or even higher to make a little bar and so they the the functionality is is just terrific i have um i'm, I'm talking to you from Life Edited Maui, which was this amazing off-grid house, 1,400 square foot, um, four bedroom, two and a half bath. And we have a couple of those tables and it allows me to transform them uh, and basically sit 18 or 20 for dinner. And um, so it's uh, yeah, so that's one of the that's a really smart layout and then um, smart transforming technologies or just smart Um, editing down of things like realizing that for most people a a set of a good set of quality knives you probably only need three or four if you need a chef knife maybe a serrated one for cutting bread and the like and a paring knife and maybe a mid-sized one that's pretty well it and so you do that and those mount nicely on the wall and you you know get rid of the knife block and all of a sudden you're you're cutting things down or a set of glasses that, that you can, that you can have coffee in or, or, or a drink, um, you know, and that nest. And so you can basically just apply the the right number of things, often just reducing down and then things that nest and fold and stack and transform. Um, and you pair all that stuff with some good layout and, um, just, just you know, putting space where you need it and not where you don't. Um, and that can really bring the, the, your dwelling sizes down significantly and yet still give you everything that you, that you want.
0: And so what are the, some of the benefits you would say for people who have downsized? So I'm sure that a lot of people after having um, seen your talks and, and heard about your movement have gone on to life edit. Have you been given feedback from them about how it's improved their lives?
1: My, my general and this is anecdotal I haven't done any, I haven't done any particular studies or anything, but anecdotally at least I think a lot of people love it. They, um, we live in very overwhelming lives with way too much space and way too much stuff and way too much digital um, connections and, and media and it's, it's extremely overwhelming and so the, when you pare down your life and really thoughtfully design it around how you live, and you have less, less stuff in it, it makes it much easier to manage, much, much easier to clean, it's just much less overwhelming. And so I think a lot of people uh, very much enjoy it. I certainly, I certainly do. Um, and I think if, you, if people think about it, like often some of the like really pleasant parts of their lives are when they um, take a, a vacation or go on business and they're staying in a, a decent hotel. And, and that is an example of they've, they've edited, edited down their stuff because they can only bring so many suitcases. So they have their favorites, you know, some of their favorite stuff with them. A small, efficient, clean space, probably with decent light and a good location. And um, there's something wonderful about that. It's just really easy to, to be organized and clean. It just feels really nice. I think that's sort of a good Good reference point to, to, to small living and in a way like my most recent place it's on the market the le2 in, in manhattan um, it just feels like a really high-end hotel room but with tons of storage and my favorite favorite things and but it's just it's just small and very very pleasant um, and by making it small you might be able to spend a little bit more on materials because you don't need as much of them and so it can, re- it can really be sort of deluxe um, and This this sort of size thing is really largely a US thing. There's certainly other countries that do it, but, but there are many other countries in Europe, for example, that live with a fraction of what we have and have terrific life, high quality lifestyles, and don't need it. And so I think we're just coming to understand that bigger is not always better.
0: I think we're saying the same thing in Australia as well. So we have the the white picket fence dream of the you know the big block of land that takes a lot of lawn mowing and a lot of maintenance and the big home that as you say needs to be heated and the kids are up one end and mum and dad are up the other end and i think we're seeing the same thing here that people are starting to realize that mm. they can have a bigger life if they have a smaller house mm-hmm. um, a more holidays i know you talk about treating your city as your living room and getting out more mm-hmm. um, rather than being so insular and I think there's a certain amount of freedom. You get this amazing sense of freedom when you live with less. Like I remember backpacking. I know you've done a lot of traveling as well and just that mm-hmm. sense of getting on the plane with just my backpack um, and money in the bank and I had no idea what was ahead of me. It was such an incredible feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One thing you just mentioned, which I think is really relevant too, is, that, is talking about your, I think you said your your dad at one end of the house and mom at the other. I think that so. we also... We've built, and very much in the U.S., and probably a bunch in Australia as well. We've built, um, you know, the suburban, suburban lifestyle, particularly gated communities. It's like you're you're alone in your car coming from work, separate from everyone, and then you enter into your neighborhood, maybe even behind some gate, and then enter into your home, maybe drive into your garage, and then you're in your big house, and even with your family, you're sort of separate. Everyone's. You might have multiple living rooms. You have a media room. You have a living room. You have all this like space. And then, even to top it off, and you're in the same room, we we have these devices in the form of laptops, iPads, um or tablets, and 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 smartphones that allow us to separate. And I think if it's very alienating, it's separating us. And I think people actually really like. To be together and you know that's why cities and stuff are so popular and 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 so we sort of were going after the wrong thing and I you know I think I absolutely people need their privacy and different people are different but generally I think people like to be together and uh we still want some privacy some and way, a way to get away from your friends and family. But I think a lot of sort of togetherness is a, is actually a very healthy, great thing and, and truly ultimately what we, we actually do desire.
0: I think you're right. I think people have really um, lost that sense of community. Like they're really craving that, you know, being close to your neighbor again and um, we've recently moved into a, a really small house and the wall touches the neighbors either side. So literally when you walk out the door, you've got a neighbor five meters away and you, you know, talk to each other as you go off you know, on your daily commute. And it's incredible the difference that just the physical environment makes in bringing mm. people together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm great.
0: And you're doing a lot of work, like I feel like with Life Edited, it began as around um, architecture and the way people live, but now it's evolved into also simplifying your life And in lots Mm -hmm. of areas of your life. So, I recently um, watched a talk of yours around simplifying your technology usage. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, you'll have to tell me where that was because I was trying to figure out where that talk, where I gave that talk, because I love that talk and I want to do more and
0: more. I'll I'll look it up for you. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I I guess that's sort of always known intuitively, but a number of years ago, I I started really thinking about that. This is is 100% applied. In a way, almost more so, I think that our digital lives, um, in a way, uh, because we have so much more space, you know, conceptual space, that we just fill it full of junk. And so, you know, I think there's a real uh, value to editing there too. Like the, ultimately, particularly there, like we, it's an attention economy. We only have so much attention. You only have so many hours in the day. And so, um certain people and communication with certain people is, is actually more important you know your your lover your friends your family like they're more they're just more important than that the person that you hardly know but if we fill um if we fill our lives and have a million connections and then you can end up having you know perhaps likely shorter but just so many sort of conversations um, that you don't have time for the important ones, and so there's a, an editing function can be applied there too. Uh, and I also think a lot of these digital things we allow to really invade, and so the quality of just having some mindfulness and some focus on things can be totally destroyed by these um, machines that are basically designed to be distraction machines, whose basis, like social media, whose basis is it, 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 these ginormous companies trying to figure out how to get you to spend more time on them. Period. And so you're allowing these things to in, into to disrupt your life on a regular basis. And it's very tough. But I really think that that cutting down the you know number of social media or social media and how you interact with it, what hours, what notifications, like you let interrupt your life um, is it's really important. And um, that by developing your own personal policies um, and really trying to stick to them, that you can get a lot, a lot less anxiety and a lot more peace and quiet and a lot more focus and a lot more time for the people and the conversations that really matter to you. Um, and yeah, it's even harder in digital life than in, 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 in real life, I guess.
0: I love what you talk about, too, about um, let's bring back the in-between so that we have time to daydream again. Mm-hmm. You know, when you wait in line, like we're all sitting there checking our phones, or you, you go to a coffee shop and you wait for a friend and you think, oh, great, I've got 10 minutes to jump on Instagram, but you lose mm-hmm. that sense of um, space in your mind, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you, you miss out on opportunities. You don't see what's happening in the world around you. You miss out on opportunity to to have some nice human to human interaction Um, and instead your face buried in your phone you know probably doing something not that important you might miss out on meeting someone and um, or just thinking thinking about your life and checking in instead of being in constant sort of communication and looking for a dopamine hit uh, as a result of something that you posted online or something and so yeah, I think these weird in betweens, waiting in line at waiting in lines, you know, tr- taking a transportation taxi, what have you, um, are actually important times. And there are these mini vacations, and that they actually really serve a purpose. Uh, in the same way that taking taking a vacation actually helps them be more productive the rest of the rest of the year, that those those little in betweens are are actually really important. And, um, so I encourage people to try to defend them, and um, yeah, don't um, don't try to get away from that weird tick that most of us seem to develop. Where as soon as there's a as soon as there's any silence, you're immediately looking at your phone, trying to be productive or 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 entertain yourself. Um, and I think it's it's really missing out on something. Even just having the phone on the table is is going to be distracting for whoever is at the table and that the quality of that conversation. And so I think like I turn like almost like, I encourage you to like, just, is it really that important that you be in constant communication? Like, you know, sitting down with someone and like one of the most intimate things you could do these days is just the intimate and, and just recognizing the, the, that you place value on that person is just, Putting your phone on airplane mode and putting it away—you know—that's that's saying like I'm here, I'm present, I've done this, and and it's just if you think of it conceptually, it's just it's crazy that you'll be you know you're with you're with Chelsea and and you're texting Susie, and then you're with Susie and you're texting Chelsea. Like just be with who you are, <laughs> who you're already with, and let the other people go. Um, Yeah, it's terrible
0: with children as well. Like I see it all the time with parents who are on their phone and their kid is standing right in front of them. And it's like Mm -hmm. you'll never get these moments back.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And it's definitely sending a message to your kid. You know, it's like when you're looking at your phone, it's like sort of like, you know, whatever is in there is more important than whatever is not in there. And that's not a good message to send to any of the people around you.
0: Yeah, and then so, the, the child starts mm-hmm. thinking, oh, well, the phone must be this incredible thing if mum and dad place such high priority on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can see the addiction coming there. And then you talk about as well, because um, I'm sort of digging around like where where we can simplify lives in so many different areas. Uh, I remember one of your ideas was around a weekday vegetarian. Can you tell me a bit more mm-hmm.
1: about that? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I. I like to try to think of to be really pragmatic about things and I think I I, I just always thought I've been been a full vegetarian for five years or so at one point I just thought it's hard for people to be um, basically to eat their last hamburger you know and so like what's the more moderate that might attract a lot more people and so the, the basic idea is with with vegetarianism is even if you cheat a little during the week um, you know like, like say you don't want to be a pain in the butt when you go over to people's houses or something you know or or you're traveling and there's some unbelievable local cuisine that involves meat maybe you, know, you want to sample so even with some cheating you probably could still end up eating half as much meat um and eating half as much meat is 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 the same as being half a vegetarian right and so if like if we could do that the, the concept of the the whole world being half vegetarian is is a hard one to imagine that's effectively what it, if we were all weekday vegetarians, that's you know roughly what it would be, so I think it can be very powerful. so it's like trying to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good and so weekday vegetarianism is exactly what it says, basically nothing with a face Monday to Friday, and then whatever you want on the weekend um, and if you want extra points, you know try to stay away from beef because that's definitely in terms of environmental impact big one of the much much larger one than the other other meats um, but yeah. I think it's a great sort of simple program. and um, I was off it for a little bit because I just had a lot of uh, like allergies to foods and the parasite and just got too complicated, but I'm back on it. And it's really nice. I like it. It's easy.
0: I think you bring up a really good point around, um, you know, we, we have to embrace the gray. I think we see so much around minimalism and decluttering and um, the way we should eat with our food, and it's we've got to be practical about it. I think that what you say, like, let's not strive for perfection that we see on social mm-hmm. media and this extreme approach. If we can just make progress, we do a lot of zero-waste sort of practices in our household, but we're not zero-zero mm-hmm. because, you know, every now and then we like to buy a little bag of popcorn or um, mm-hmm. a box of bars or things like that. But I think even just that journey, if you can even get halfway there, would solve yeah the world's problems i think when people see um these incredible um sort of trend leaders and the way that they live their lives um you know it's it's Mm -hmm. so impressive but a lot of people find that it's just so unattainable whereas i think let's Mm -hmm. just try and get halfway there and that will be brilliant
1: yeah i agree progress not not perfection don't let the don't let it to be be too overwhelming just get get started and that's a that's a big one yeah and so yeah so we gave it a chance great like you can still you're not giving up forever I mean there are there's are so many of our cultures that really have evolved and you know incredible cuisine around meat and it will be you know sad to, to, to miss out that not sad for the animals but <laughs> sad for us um, so yeah it's, I, 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 I agree yeah and I, I think when you do it it's good to be aware of
0: the life that that animal had, you know, did it was it grass fair, Did it have a good life? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, was it was its end of life? Um, considerate and all of those things. I think is a way that you can sort of manage that side of it as well. And everyone, I think, has has their own approach, and it's just what works for you and what makes most sense to you. And as you say, taking a really pragmatic approach is a good way, um, because I think we're wow. all open to change. You know, I find when I talk to people about. Um, living with less, or a lot of people, they really respond to it. They think, oh, that's a great idea. You know, there are times when I bring my glass containers to the butcher shop and um, I get really nervous about it and then often there's a young person behind the counter that's really all for it. Like I find when I go to the bakery, there's a lot of young kids that work at the bakery and the younger mm-hmm. generations are all over it and they're like, oh, I love your bread bag. That's really cool. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you're like a bit of a dog sometimes, but I love that you think I'm cool <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah. good for you. That's terrific.
0: And you do a
1: lot of people standing up and just doing stuff like that. It's huge.
0: Yeah, and starting the conversation, I think we need to have more of these conversations with strangers in the the street, which ties Mm -hmm. back to your idea around um, feeling the in-between and bringing back that sense of community. Um, And you've done lots of other cool stuff too. I just saw that you've um, invented a bike that folds away. For a small apartment, Mm -hmm. something that we really struggle with is our bikes are so wide. It's hard to store them in a small space.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called the thin bike, and yeah, and and you can totally do it yourself. It's like really, there's just a few. There's a headset thing that lock that basically allows you to spin the handlebars sideways, um, so they're not sticking out so much, and then folding pedals, and you know those two things, and boom, you got a bike that's instead of like. 24 inches wide or something is like eight inches wide or something. So then you can tuck it behind a door or hang it on the wall. It's really uh, much more convenient. Yeah, I did. uh, I designed this bike with Schindelhauer and they ended up going to make a a production version um, that did great. I won a Red Dot Design Award and it's cool.
0: And so so what other things are you working on at the moment? It sounds like you've got your hands in so many different pies. What's your latest project?
1: Uh, Well, right now I'm taking a little bit of time off. I was, um, you know, I was focused on architecture and real estate development and not sure where I'm going to go next. So I'm doing a lot of trying to read like 50 books and watch 50 documentaries and just think about where I can apply myself next. Uh, I'm environmental is, is definitely uh, the most likely area. I'm doing Al Gore's climate reality training in Atlanta in a couple months. I'm excited about that just to get brushed wow. up on all things environmental. Um,
0: and what does that and, uh, involve?
1: Uh, what does that involve? It's like, uh, he's been doing it for a long time. Like I feel like it may be 10, 15 years kind of thing, where he basically tries to teach the teachers. So the, Inconvenient Truth was based on a PowerPoint presentation. In a way, it's just teaching that and, and all the background to support it so that you can be a more uh, educated um, environmental leader. And then as you, you sign up to do 10 sort of activities a year uh, of various sorts just to move the movement along. And so, yeah, it's a really cool, uh, really cool thing they've been doing for a long time, and I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Um, And then I'm just getting my life together. So I have my LE2, my apartment in New York, the 350-square-foot one. It's on the market. My my soul got an offer pending. Um, And then I finished Life Edited Maui, which is this incredible place. And so I'm trying to uh, see if I can rent it to someone for some of the year, six, six, nine months kind of thing. I'm just dialing it in right now, getting all the landscaping and the, the, the renewable energy system all ensuring that it works really well and uh, yeah just trying to find the right person to take take uh, to rent that for some of the time and and that's a bunch of work and distracting so not reading enough but I've been reading uh, a lot of great books including I'm, I'm very just a plug for Harari and his um, Homo Deus sapiens and 2021 20, lessons for 20 for the 21st century he's a really amazing thinker and so yeah I'm just trying to think of develop my sort of update my worldview view and, and think about how I can apply myself to it and to uh, uh, maximum effect for humanity.
0: It's amazing to give yourself that space as well and take that pause in life to get that clarity. I can't mm. wait to see what you do next.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thank yeah. you for that.
0: All right, well, what, and I might um, follow up on the book. We'll put a link to it in the show notes so that people can read up and um, a few more links around your talks and things as well and to the Life Edited website. Um, to give, to Great. give listeners a, a, so much exploring to do. So, thank you very much for that, Graham. We really appreciate no, you're it. You're so welcome. Um, love to have you on the show again
1: soon. Great. That sounds good. Thanks, Chelsea. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: For more inspiration on living more with less, head to simpleorigins.com.au.